The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus, and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad, so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Back in the mid-70s, a book was published by a psychiatrist with the name of Carl Menninger. Perhaps you're familiar with him and with the book. The book was entitled, Whatever Became of Sin. And he said, when priests and ministers and rabbis stopped talking about it, you may have been aware of that, then jurists picked it up. And sin under law became a crime. Then the psychologists and psychiatrists picked it up, and sin became a complex, a neurosis or a psychosis. So that today we talk about healing. And there is a real place for healing. Psychiatry and psychology are noble professions, but not as a substitute for forgiveness. We have lost that sense, that real sense of sin. And that brings us to today's gospel, believe it or not. This leper. It says a leper came to Jesus. There is no name, no designation whatsoever. It isn't necessary. It is to God and to the man. But for our purposes, it's just a leper. Because he symbolizes all of us. He's not just John Jones or Susie Smith. He symbolizes all humanity. And he comes to our Lord as a leper. He knows what he is. There's no doubt in his mind or anybody else's either. And he comes directly to our Lord. Remember when, from the first reading from Leviticus, leprosy was such a terrible thing because not only did you have to watch yourself disintegrate over time, but you were cut off from all the rest of humanity. You had to stay at a great distance And that distance was designated. And it was different according to whether you were upwind or downwind. And you had to tell the rest of the world that you were unclean when you came near someone who was not leprous. Imagine having to proclaim that to all humanity over and over and over again as you watch yourself die. The only company you might ever have would be the company of other lepers, maybe. 
So this man comes, and notice what he does. This man has faith. He really does. He, he, kneeling down, he kneels down. He recognizes who he is in the presence of this man. Not fully, of course. But he recognizes our Lord's holiness, even if he doesn't know his divinity. Kneeling is an important element in life. You know, there was a, an abbot in the, one of the desert fathers by the name of Abbot Apollo. Interesting name. Apollo isn't just the sun god. There's a, a saint Apollo, too. And anyway, Abbot Apollo, a holy man, was given a vision. God forced the devil to reveal himself in human form to this abbot. And the abbot said he was repulsive, gruesome, with very thin limbs. But he said the one thing he noticed about his anatomy was that the devil had no knees. The devil cannot kneel. The devil is pride straight through. The idea of humbling himself is inconceivable. We have to watch that in our own lives sometimes too, don't we? That we don't want to kneel. This man knows what he is. There's no doubt in his mind that he needs something. So he kneels down and he begs him. Notice how he puts it. If you wish, he knows that he can do it. Now, he knows he doesn't merit it. He doesn't deserve it. He can't make a case for it. And it may be that he doesn't want to, to heal him. Maybe he's supposed to serve God as a leper, to serve him in suffering, whatever God might want. But he says, if you wish, you can make me clean. And he waits. Um, as I said, he's a symbol of all of us. And we're told, moved with pity, our Lord stretched out his hand and touched him. We don't know this man's history, but this may have been the first time in who knows how long that anybody came even close to him, much less touched him. He hadn't been touched since he contracted the leprosy. We don't understand what that's like, do we? We take a touch so for granted, don't we? We're accustomed to being touched. Maybe a handshake, a sign of affection. We're told that if an infant isn't touched, the infant will die. Can you imagine going through life, even through years, without anybody approaching you or touching you in kindness or in love? Again, it's just something we are accustomed to doing because we're physical beings. We need that. So our Lord actually touches this man for the first time, and we don't know how long since he's been touched. Sometimes our Lord just will heal with a word, sometimes even from a distance, but this man needs a touch. And the church knows that with us too, by the way, that we need that touch as well. He said, I do will it be made clean. And the man is cured. Immediately, of course, as always, with our Lord. And he warns him to tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest. If someone was cured of leprosy, they had to go to the priest, and the priest had to declare him clean before he could re-enter society. Well, this man is, as I said, a symbol of us. His leprosy is a symbol of our sinfulness. That we, in that sense, are spiritual lepers. Remember, Sickness and death, suffering, came into the world through sin, original sin. We keep it there through our own sins. So this is part of what he's experiencing. He's experiencing the effects of original sin. And then, but he is cured. Now, with sin as we know it, we can ignore it. We can rationalize it. Heaven knows we do enough of that. We can even deny it. We can... 
perhaps minimalize it. We can even perhaps brag about it, and sometimes the world, in certain kinds of sin, will admire it. Leprosy isn't like that. You can't rationalize it because you know you've got it. Your body is disintegrating and you're falling apart. You can't ignore it. It's part of your every single moment of existence. You can't pretend that it's not there. You can't rationalize it, can you? And most of all, you can't brag about it, and no one's going to admire you for being a leper. They will simply think that you're a sinner at best. So we then come to the Lord as he did. And we are people who need the healing touch of Christ, as we heard last week, too. Uh, We need the Lord to do that. And the church, as I said, knows that, which is why we want to be touched by God. That's what the sacraments are. The sacraments are an extension of the incarnation. God took human flesh, came into the world, and touched us, and the sacraments are the continuation of that event. Every time we receive a sacrament, we are in some way touched by our Lord Jesus Christ, particularly in the Eucharist when we actually have that physical touch. It isn't enough to have a spiritual relationship We're infants. We'll die unless we touch him. So he came to the earth so that we could be touched by him until the end of time in his body and blood. That's the greatest touch that we experience. It's the same touch and even a greater touch than the man in this gospel received. Even when we see, I said, any of the sacraments, the sacrament of reconciliation, we quote confession, our Lord touches us in that sacrament. In fact, in the ancient church, and even today sometimes in certain circumstances, when it's possible, the priest, before, while he's absolving him, her will lay his hands on the head of the person and touch that person in the process of absolution because the touch is so important to us. That touch of affection and love and forgiveness that we have been given. Uh, It's a wonderful thing to think that God has done that with us. Uh, It's really quite exciting that we don't really pay much attention to it. But you know, too, that if you or I had leprosy and if we were healed of that leprosy, we would do everything we possibly could not to contract that disease again. It would be good if it were that way with sin as well. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed and healed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that she will always be a visible sign of God's healing power and mercy, especially the church persecuted, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, They will be open to the healing power of Christ and his church. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that in their suffering they are united to the Lord as he comes in his healing. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, 
we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, and those young men and women who will bring God's healing to our world, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, Having been healed themselves, they may then bring that to others. We pray to the Lord. Lord For all of our youth and our chaperones who are on the John 635 retreat this weekend, that they may grow in faith and love. We pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all of us here, that we may be open to God's healing in our lives and be visible signs of it, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the health of the sick as we sing. 